Lads, we're finally back all together. We've got all the gang. Tank's looking great. Jimmy's looking great. Jimmy's giddy. He's got his new <laughs> microphone cover on. He's got loads of stories to tell us. Yeah. Tank, Jim, how are you, lads? Good, mate. Good. All the best. Oh, what are you, are you all acting like... all quiet for now? <laughs> yeah. We're ripping the arse out of each other. And then we're all dead. Tank, you were uh, you were in Disneyland, mate. Um, yeah. Tell us about the trip. How did you get on? It's one of the worst trips in my life. That I can bad. say I can say that because Frank, really Frankie's not, oh, no, listen, it's great for kids, but fuck me, come on, it's not, it's not for parents, is it? You know that little fuck is getting pushed around in a pram. He's all right. I'm walking <laughs> yeah. thirty-five thousand steps a day, and, and uh, my hips gone, my knees gone. Four <laughs> o'clock, my missus is saying, "Why are you walking like that?" It's because my body's collapsing. Oh Jesus! And then we go bad, back. Oh yeah, we go back to the hotel, and there's like just a little glimmer of hope. I'm like, yeah. The hotel cup of coffee, and then we're like, we get a quick shower, we go back out at six, <laughs> and then like you know, you're standing up at eleven o'clock at night when the fireworks showing with Frankie on your shoulders for forty minutes, and it's like there's nothing worse in my opinion than that. <laughs> what, I tell you what, I hope we've got. No, I was going to say we've got, yeah, exercise. We've got no no kids listening. We just ruined the illusion of Disney yeah. World there. It's just yeah, great, great for Frankie. Listen, go. if. If someone says to me, we go to Disneyland, and if you get tired, I'll we'll put you in the pram and we push you around and you can have a little drink and that and a lolly ice. I go, yeah, I'm up for that. That's fine for me, that. But Ten years not... out, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, honestly, it was an absolute, it was brilliant for him, but honestly, fuck me, boys. It's not It's not a holiday. Anyone who says you go to Disneyland on holiday, you're oh, a liar. No. You don't. It's not a holiday, is it? It's good, like you say. You're not chilling out, are you? You know you've no, got it's... to fucking put in the effort. Yeah, what about okay. you, Jim? What about you? Hopefully, I had a better better trip than Tank. Yeah, mate, it was good. Two weeks in the sun. It's just you're basically looking after your kids in in warmer climates. Is what you're doing, chasing after them in the pool, going down the slides, playing footy in the pool. It was uh, it was good, mate. Really good. Um, I got blackout drunk as well. One I was going to say, are we allowed to mention it? Yeah, there was some, yeah, there was some yeah. uh, <laughs> risk of banged up abroad episodes getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, like, you don't. I've always genuinely believed you can't get drunk on all inclusive because the 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 vodka's black, the beer's watered down. Like, yeah, you'll get tipsy, but you can never. And we started started on the vodka sprites at about five o'clock, and then more vodka sprites, and then. Uh, the family's left us, so it's just the two Call boys. Vodka sprites, not vodka lemonade. What's that about? Oh, well, yeah, because it's the lemonade over there. Yeah, you, yeah, I was like, what? Is this no, 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 you're right. Or? It's, it's, I'm still in uh Greek mode, so you, oh, lemonade sorry, over there is like Fanta, Fanta lemon rather than lemonade. So you say lemonade to give you Fanta lemon, whereas Sprite is lemon and lime. So, okay, it's, okay, it's fair like, enough. Vodka like lemonade, let's just say, and we've got more vodka lemonade, and it got to seven o'clock. and they're going, we're going for tea. We're still in a swimming shorts on the vodka lemonade. Go, keep going. And then the last thing I remember was um, walking up to the mini disco about half past eight. And then the next day, there was pictures of me getting, I got changed somehow. I had to go get to the restaurant and get some food. And God knows, could you imagine seeing me at the food? Like, I'd be, I would have been all over the place, like chips <laughs> everywhere. And then, <laughs> and then I woke up fucking piss wet through i thought oh no i, I, I was gonna say you're gonna uh, I, yeah, I didn't mate, know how much you wanted to share no, here no, to the best of us mate i have no <laughs> shame lad it, I, like i said i was blackout drunk i have no idea what was going on 
So I woke up like piss wet too, going, oh no, I fell in the pool, my boxers. Like, and then I got dead angry at the wife because I was like, oh, she's took all my clothes off, but she left me in my wet boxers. Like, well, fucking twat. It's her fault. I've pissed myself. Her fault, here. yeah. And then, and, then, and then I was panicking, going, shit, my phone was in my pocket. That's gone in the pool. I literally upgraded the day before we left. I was like, brand new iPhone gone off. And then she woke up. I was like, I can't believe I fell in the pool. She was like, you didn't fall in the pool. I was like, oh, no, I've pissed myself, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Emotional roller coaster there. <laughs> yeah. So at least my phone was safe. So happy days. Straight on to housekeeping. Wow, we need a new mattress. And uh, some, one of the kids pissed the bed. Yeah, honestly. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, blame the kids. Now, oh, fair mate. play to you, mate. I didn't. I obviously knew that that had gone down. I yeah. didn't think you were going to tell the story. I don't so. mind, lad. All fun and games, isn't it? Like. Um, the football, before we get into the football, I'm surprised we've been on for four minutes and you haven't mentioned that you're top of the uh, fancy football league. Come on, mate, the boot I'm, room fancy football. I'm top of every league I'm in and I'm not, I normally give up after week one. Stato. 115 points, this is what happens. You know, if I put this much effort in everyday life, lad, I'd be fucking flying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a long way to go. Yes, I'm fucking. I'm, 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 I'm quitting anyway, stinker. mate. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, quit Cheers, at lad. the top. Quit at the top. Uh, Tank, I want to come to you first because um, obviously, Forrest uh, 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 had the game on yesterday against Spurs. Uh, it was it was a cracking game. I have to say, I absolutely loved it. Uh, we've had loads of chat on our social media channels about it, and people asking your opinions about it. Uh, I want to I want to first of all get your reaction because I suppose for me, looking at this. I'm enjoying the bravery that Forrest is showing, not only in the market, but also on the pitch. Yesterday felt like a game of basketball at times. It was it was end-to-end. It was uh, it was a great game for the neutral. Brilliant game. And actually, just you've hit the nail in it. It's bravery. You come out and, you know, I don't think there's many clubs in Europe who take Tottenham on, you know, 3v3 with that front three. And Forrest were brave enough just to trust the three centre-halves to try and contain them. And I thought they were outstanding. Um to not to use what Carragher say, but he was bang on really. Just the only difference between the two sides was in both boxes. You know, you've got Kane, who let's, I mean, let's get it right. That first goal, I don't think many forwards even see that. Yeah. I thought his first, I thought he scuffed at the first, but then when I watched the back, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Hmm. It's like, it's a serious finish. He's a serious player. Um, Football's ruthless at the top level, though. That's the well, thing. Well, that's it. Because Forrest started unbelievable and the atmosphere was, they, they were getting balls into the box at all. Gibbs White was really, really bright and linking up at Lingard and uh, Brennan Johnson. And I thought they were like they were causing them problems. And then in the blink of an eye, you one nil down. And that's the Premier League. But this this is a this is a different space side to what I've seen for a while under Conte as well. Um, but I just think Forrest need a lot of credit. You know, they've they've had to make many signings. They've made another two today, by the way. So that, uh, yeah, it seems like every time we do a podcast, they've signed a new yeah, squad. Like yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's nineteen. I think that's nineteen signings now. Um, but look, it, it was needed because they had to. They lost a lot of players out of contract. A lot of players who were on loan went back, and the squad was really, you know, thin. So they had to go out and take a chance. And I think, I think Forest are going to be absolutely fine. I've got to be honest with you. Not too many sides to go to that city ground, but that atmosphere, the way Forest play, and come away with much. And be honest, I'll be honest with you. The top boys will. Don't get me wrong, because they're the top boys for a reason. But I think Forest will be absolutely fine this season. 
Jim, it, it kind of feels with Forest, you know, the, the amount of players that they've signed, it feels like some of the non-league squads that me and you oh, played right, in over right. the years. A new manager comes in and brings in 24 in. players for pre-season. Yeah. Have you have you had obviously you've been away, have you had a chance to to watch much much of the game? You know, games, I had you? to watch the um Forest Everton game last week. Um I must say both teams were awful that day. Um and it livened up it livened up in the last 10 minutes. So um, and then and then Forrest looked good when Yates came on and Gibbs White came on. Um, the only f- worry I've got for Forrest is, although they're getting a lot of these plaudits and being sold well done, the last team that got these sort of plaudits when coming up was Blackpool. And yeah, they started well, but they went straight back down because of the way they played, which is great. But does that keep you in the premiership? So that's my only worry. I hope they don't do a Blackpool and play really no. attacking great football. Um, but suffer Blackpool the never Blackpool never signed a player though, Jimmy. No, Blackpool I know. I know don't get me anyone. wrong. I know. You know, Forrest, Forrest have had. Play. I think Forrest have had real quality. You know, they signed the left back from Atletico Madrid today. He's he's a serious player, by the way. Him. He's he's like a Brazilian international, and they've got the boy. The from, best um, left back since you. Some of the comments yeah. have come in on social it's media. Signed, it's not that loady. Have they signed that loady? Yes. Yeah, they signed him. Have they signed yeah. him. Mate. Yeah. And then they've got Bowley from uh, Wolves, another big unit centre. Yeah, I just yeah. think, you know, and as you you've just hit the nail on the head there, Jimmy. They, they was they were poor against Everton. Everton were poor, but the changes what Forrest were able so. to make made it, you know. And they should have won the game. They should have won the game. Yates had a great chance yeah, towards yeah. the end. And I just think they've added a, they've had they're looking to spend up towards two hundred million now. No, I, I mean, it's, agree, a, it's a phenomenal investment, and I think they will be all right. I'm just saying, it's just a worry where when Blackpool came up. And they had Charlie Adam pinging balls and they were going gung-ho, hell for leather. Everyone loved the football, yeah. but they went down because of it. Now, not many teams come up and stay up playing that kind of football. Your Stokes, you know, Fulham tried it. They go straight back down. I'm, I'm fairly certain they'll stay up. I'm just That's my only worry um, for Forrest. I suppose it, it kind of begs that question, though, doesn't it? It's do you abandon what's got you there in the first place? <laughs> and do you have to have to become more, uh, you know, more of a pragmatist? Place, isn't it? But, but you know what it is, though, Jim. And I said this to Tank before we started. I think with Forest, they're not the league is not going to be decided for them when they play against teams like no. Spurs. Spurs, so are, you know, a counter-attacking team can beat anyone on the day. Um, oh, you know, right. and, and with Conte now, I think they've got more steel than they've had in previous uh, Spurs teams. Be interesting to see. Like Tank said it before the start. You could easily see, you know, the likes of a Manchester United going to the City Ground and getting turned over. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? It's, so I think it's, it's, it's when you're playing your Crystal Palaces, your Bournemouths, that's the ones where you're going to find out that that you know who's got the. And again, the only thing that I think may go against them is that Premier League now that them teams have had from playing in the Premier League. But the ruthlessness, say, you mean? Yeah, like you know, sitting in, hitting on the counter attack, letting them come on, and then just absolutely going forward and 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 ripping them on the counter attack. And I'm not I'm not saying that will happen, because and, and and I hope it doesn't. But I'm just saying it. it that's that would be my worry. Tank, we got a question in from Stavesy17 who said, Should the fans feel too down after the defeat? They played well, but to lose is bittersweet. I, you've got to, as a, as a Forest fan, it must be a tough one because you're seeing your teams play well, but ultimately coming away from nothing, or it's just a little bit of perspective needed. Perspective, really, but look, Forest haven't been in the Premier League for 23 years and there's been a lot of change. I've, I'm surprised how well they've gelled as a team, considering it's a home. It, it's been ripped up, and you know I am surprised. They're playing some really good football. They're linking well. They look organised. They're brave on the ball, and they're creating chances and they're causing teams problems. Now 
this Forest side is only going to get better and better the more training they have with the manager. I'm a massive fan of, by the way. I think he's brilliant. And the more they train together, the more they play together, the better they, they will become. I think Forest are going to be absolutely fine. I also think Fulham's going to be fine. But going on the, going on the results of the, uh, the, the weekend, it's it's Tottenham. This this is Tottenham. This is this is not like you know. This is a top top side. You know they went to Anfield and fucking basically took the lead. Yeah, and they go to Chelsea away and don't play great and get a two two draw. This Tottenham side, I'm telling you now, these are going to cause issues for the big two. Supposedly the big two. I think cities, but you know. Tottenham could go to Man City like they've done quite a few times and turn them over and everyone go, yeah, well, that's your standard. So the fact that, you know, Forrester played so well and come away with a 2-0 defeat, you've got to be, you got to be buoyed by that. And, you know, these aren't the games that's going to define Forrest's season. No, and you've got to be positive as well. Dean Ensign's been absolutely awesome. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got a keeper on form like that, yeah, as long as you can keep the goals down to a minimum and, and get, the, get the forward scoring, then, um, like you say, they'll be absolutely fine. So if we move to the next game of the weekend, and this one's caused a little bit of a stir, and we got a, a couple of questions in around this one. And I have to say, Jim, you timed your return perfectly well with with Liverpool because while you're away, you may or may not have seen it, mate. Things probably haven't been as rosy. What, what happened? Ah, nothing, nothing. You just <laughs> it didn't hit the heights. Now, to be honest, look, I'm delighted that you weren't here for when we uh, we should think bad against United because I would have ended up cancelling the podcast or stomping off in the mood or something. But um, Liverpool back to winning ways against Bournemouth this weekend. Much needed win for for Liverpool. It's been a bit a little bit of doom and gloom and a lot of questions asked around Liverpool at the start of the season. They've, they've certainly not hit the heights and I think it's probably more the manner of which they've played. They, they've lacked a little bit of intensity. They're, they're big, their big players don't seem quite at it and by all accounts, it looks like Klopp's probably given them a bit of a bit of a rocket. Is it a worry for you, Jim? that maybe the, there is questions around some of the players' application and they've been able to turn around that hunger so quickly from one week to the next? I think you've got a This is where you're going to start annoying me now. No, no, no. no. I think, <laughs> don't get me wrong, the performance was unbelievable, but we, I, I was on holiday with the Bournemouth fans, so we watched the Bournemouth game and Bournemouth are awful, like close to being one of the worst Premier League side I've seen. How that Adam Smith or whatever his name is at right-back plays, he is god-awful. So, I think from a Liverpool point of view, it was a perfect game after a rocky start and and it's probably it's probably got your confidence up because if you were playing maybe a, I don't know, you know, a um, Brighton or someone a little bit more now. Could have been about them. Yeah, it could have been a different, different question. But I think, I still think questions are there. I personally would still be asking questions and as good as the performance was and 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 on paper it looks like you're back it'd be interesting to see how you get on over the next couple of games and if you do come back to being the Liverpool that we all know then then it's great for you guys but I'm still unsure to be honest with you I think I think you've had a very fortunate fixture half after a tricky start where are you with this, Tank? Because one of the questions that came in from Graham Murphy was about, should a team in the same league be getting beat 9-0 from, from another? And what questions, I suppose, does that uh, does that ask of that team? Well, it's the, it's, 
I played in the Forest side where got beat eight one by United. Wasn't going to mention it, mate. Sorry. It's okay. I scored, and you know, um, you have the perfect get out. Whenever this comes up on a podcast, it's just like just roll that out. Yeah, it's probably the best goal in the game as well. So it makes no difference. (laughs) Now it doesn't anyway. But I just I go back to that Forest side then, and it's it's all about circumstances. Should the team in the same league get beaten? I know nobody shouldn't. But when you've got one side like that United side back then, who was the fucking elite of the elite, by the way, back then. You had Giggs, Beckham, Scholes, Keane. You know, you had all the Solskjaer come off the bench and score four. You know, that was a serious Man United side. But the Forest side, what got promoted, was decimated by the owner who sold Colin Cooper, the captain, Steve Stone, and Kevin Campbell, who scored 26 goals to get us promoted. Pierre Van Udonk's on strike. So you've got to look at the circumstances. So that you shouldn't get beat. But then when you're looking, we've got basically, we went and signed lads who probably well, he wasn't good enough for the Premier League at the time. It was like Neil Shipley who'd had better you know, days prior to that. So it's a difficult one. And this Bournemouth side, they've spent no money after you at all. They've gotten the... They, they were, yeah, but they, they kind of struggled over the line to get promoted last season. They, they were run away at the at the time, but then the, I think the last couple of months, they, they, they were quite poor and they just about scraped over the line. Forrest nearly caught them towards the end. And it's so, I just think it's, the signs were there last season for Bournemouth. So they shouldn't be getting beat 9-0, but all of the signs were there where if you get promoted or you want to improve in this Premier League, you have to spend the money. You have to invest in your squad. There's no other way you can be competitive in the Premier League unless you're splashing the cash on it. That's just the way the league is now. Yeah, it does kind of feel like the, the narrative coming out of it. And it, it, There was something that i seen online which annoyed me a bit. You know, Klopp went over to Scott Parker and, and Klopp has spoken very well of Scott Parker and the job that he's had to do. And he nearly hinted at he's, he's working under very strict conditions. You think of the size of the stadium. It's not like there's yeah. a huge amount of money coming in. It's not like they've been able to recruit a lot of players. And Scott Parker nearly admitted it after the, the game. He's like, you know, we're, we're not really at the required level reading between the lines that's pretty much what he was he, he was saying and Klopp went over to him and put his arm around him and I thought I read that as showing a little bit of humanity to somebody that he's got a bit of respect for you know it's a tough it's a tough place to be stood there as the manager and your team's getting walloped 9-0 and obviously as with everything these days online Klopp has been accused of showing disrespect or mocking absolute nonsense is it unrealistic Jim to think that Bournemouth can come into this league and put up a fight given the lack of investment? No. Um, and I don't think they've got the right mentality. If it was someone like a Stoke coming in and they had that team that was just so resilient and played awful football. Yeah. And again, Bournemouth tried like to They play can football. fight and scrap the yeah, way through. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, go on the counter-attack, just throw long balls into the box. Yeah. Um, and And... and score your goals that way. Without Solanke, I don't think they'll score. Even with Solanke, I don't think they score that many. But without him, you've got you you know you're on you're on a hide into nothing. So I think I just think they're gonna and again we were asked the question um are they gonna equal or better Derby's worst ever season? I think it could be on the cards, you know. Yeah. I do I, I think you're right mate. I think they these could go down as the worst you know in Premier League history. Um they just even Solanke can Solanke score in the Premier League? No, I know. I'm I'm not. And again, I'm saying without him, they can't yeah. score. Even with him, they probably aren't going to score. But it's their best hope. Yeah. 
I've uh, I've failed massively on my agenda here because I like to kind of go through things that happen in games and whatever. And I'm going to break all my usual rules and I'm going to jump back to something that I missed because I want to get your opinion on it, right? Richarlison in the Forest Spurs game. I mean, he, and we know he's your mate, Jim, right? So you might have... <laughs> Not my mate. Fucking <laughs> you're a Ricky. Red Funk going, oh... <laughs> seeing that, he's giving you a bit. Giving yeah, you I never bit. said he was a nice person. <laughs> uh, this is why I wanted, I wanted to bring it up. So uh, where do you sit on this? Because I have to say, like, we did a poll. Well, it wasn't a poll, but we asked people's opinions of players that don't play for your own team. Who do you like and who do you dislike? And there was a lot of... Uh, um, mud being thrown towards Bruno Fernandes. He was not uh, not very popular. Kevin De Bruyne was very popular. Uh, Bernardo Silva and Richarlison were also two that weren't very popular. He annoys me. He's always annoyed me, Richarlison. He's 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 the ultimate shite bag, and I think he loves to excel in that role. He's all right with it. And I love the dark arts. We speak about it all the time. Jim, you played with me. You knew that I love that type of stuff. I did think he overstepped the mark. It didn't feel like the type of game that you needed to do that. First of all, he gave the ball away trying to act like a dope. Second of all, like, don't disrespect Forrest in that way. You know, it's not even like it was a meaningful piece of skill. You know, like people have tried to say, look at Neymar, he's an entertainer. That's not entertaining. That's taking the piss out of Forrest. Uh, I didn't like it, didn't sit comfortable with me. Uh, I'll come to you first, Tank, and then Jim. What did you make of it? It's just a cock, isn't he? <laughs> he's just a complete and utter prick of a player. He's everything what I couldn't stand about a player. I mean, and do you know what the thing is about it? I, I actually think there's a there's a proper player in there. Yeah. I think if he focused on his actual player. He playing, channels the snide in the right yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Even if he just focused on the plane. I mean, did you see the bit before that where the forest player just walked to get, like to get a throw in and literally didn't touch him and he grabbed hold of his bollocks and was rolling around on the floor like he'd been punched? And yeah. then Carragher actually said. No one's actually touched them. And then you're thinking, what the fuck are you doing? But I've got to be honest with you, if, you, if a player would have done that in my time, I'd have done him a lot more than what Brennan Johnson done. I'd, have, I'd honestly went right down as Achilles. I'd have really tried to wait him because the showboating and then there's just utterly taking the fucking piss. I mean, it wasn't that type of game to do it. Spears were in a fucking game. It was yeah. a proper game. Do you know what I mean? It was like end-to-end -end as you were, like a basketball game. And just to do stuff like, but it sums him up. The, the fella, honestly, I fucking can't stand him. I did just think he's an absolute prick, but he, he does loads of good blocks. <laughs> I knew that was waiting for that, Jim. <laughs> Where are you with this one, Jim? Uh, he loves I, him. He loves aside him. Aside from his blocks, aside from his blocks now. I, I think that, like, as Tank said, there's a play in there. You don't play for Brazil and, you know. The issue I've got is there's um, doing you skill... You were a showboater, Jim, weren't you? Yeah, so this is my point, okay? There's there's doing showboating for showboating's sake to take the piss, but there's doing skills to defeat your opponent. So I was more a do skills to defeat your opponent, but people see it as showboating. What he did there is pure showboating, and then that's there's no, there's no two ways around it, and he deserves to get smashed. And I would fully expect, if I was to do that, to get smashed... But what a lot of people don't get with Neymar is different. Neymar does skills and tricks to defeat his opponent. He doesn't yeah. do it to showboat and take the piss when they're 7-0 up. So there's, there's two very distinct differences. Whereas what he did there was pure and utterly uh, shithouse. Like, I didn't I didn't like it at all. It doesn't mean he's not a bad player. I'm not saying he's a bad player because of it. 
It's just a shit, really shit bag move to do. Right, and I just want to jump again. Sorry for those listening for my jumpy, uh, my, my jumpiness today. But I just want to go back to the Liverpool Bournemouth thing and get one, uh, one thought from from both here uh, before we move on to the next uh, next fixture. There's one thing that's very much in the news at the moment, and that is around Liverpool's desire to sign a centre midfielder. Uh, obviously, Jim, you're definitely not a Liverpool fan, so I always find it interesting to get your perspective. Thank you very much. Oh, there's noises coming out of the club, potentially from Klopp. There's been an interesting interview from Van Dijk, who uh, spoke about the requirement um, and the, I suppose the level of effort it takes for players to play centre midfield for Liverpool in this system and, and kind of hinted that they could probably do with, with bringing somebody in. Tank, there's news coming out today. David Ornstein, who seems to be the, the journo in the know these days, seems to be hinting that Liverpool's owners don't want to dip into the transfer market. You've been very vocal about them. We've had different views. I thought it was more on Klopp that he didn't want to sign a midfielder. You, you thought it was more on the ownership and, and have questions over them. Where do you sit on on the club's stance at the moment? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've had this with you before. And, you know, people... I have arguments made to use Liverpool fans to say, oh, but we're such a well-run club. You know, it, it's the Liverpool way. Well, the Liverpool way is going to cost Liverpool progressing more because you can't stand still in this league. We've just been talking about promoted sides need to spend money. If you're at the top and Liverpool and Man City are at the pinnacle of this league, Man City go and spend big on Haaland and they go and spend big on Calvin Phillips and they bring the boy in from, I think it was Argentina, who looks a player as well. Jimmy's mentioned him. Um, yeah, Tim. But there's no standing still. Now, we've been speaking on this podcast, I think, when we first started this a while ago, about mid Liverpool need midfield reinforcements. And this that's going back about two years and we just don't seem to do it. It's been an area where every single Liverpool fan knows we need some fresh young, you know, blood in, in that area. And it's just, it's coming to a stage now for me that I think, and I'll, I'll put this on Twitter, I think if we don't go out and sign a top midfield player before this winter closes and our injuries don't ease up, we won't make Champions League this season. I think it's that key. I do, I do. I think it's that key because Chelsea are going, Chelsea spending another 150 million in the next day or so. Man United have spent 226 million. You've got Arsenal who spent by this wind end of this window could possibly be spending uh, two hundred million. Man City spent about a hundred and odd million, and yet us net spend kings have spent three or four million. It, you can't keep doing that. You can't run a club and want. You be, I said to you a while ago, Jamie, we're asking Klopp to run this with one hand tied behind his back. I I want to come back on that, but I want to get your opinion first, Jim, before I give my two pence worth. Where do you sit on this? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you need to reinforce. That's that's blatantly obvious, isn't it? But the question you've got to ask is who's out there for for what money? And and I don't know how much Klopp's got to spend. And I don't know. I can see this being a Davis from Preston sticking plaster, sign a midfielder from anywhere, and and then hopefully he does all right and the fans are appeased. But um, it, it reminds me of the season that Pochettino had such a good season at Tottenham and then the summer afterwards, they didn't give him any money whatsoever, didn't sign one player. And then I think he was gone within three or four months yeah. and he was lauded as the next big thing. If it you're not after the Champions League final, wasn't it, Jimmy? It was, yeah. 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 So, you know, if you're not if you're not investing in the squad and 
You know, if you're not putting people on their toes, and we saw it with Trent Alexander-Arnold when, you know, in the defeat to Man United, just completely stopped, looked like he couldn't be arsed. But, you know, is there anyone there challenging him for his spot? Does he have that desire to stay there and go, yeah, I'm fighting for my place? So that's the problem when you've got a, a threadbare squad. You've got people who are happy with where they are and no one pushing them. That's why the fire you know, goes. The fire goes. Of course it does, because you, you, you're you sitting comfortable. Whereas, you know, you think cool at, at Tottenham. Do you think um, Son, um, Kane, with Richarlison coming in, they're going to be sitting on sitting on the heels and with, with people waiting in the ring? Because Richarlison will want to get on the pitch. He, he'll want to start. So... That's that's the thing in squad management for me is is getting it's not about signing players at better it's about keeping everyone on the toes and yeah obviously you want to sign players better than what you've got but it's it's keeping that movement of squad um, and and freshness within it otherwise you know like a river if it stops flowing it stagnates so. Oh, I like that one. Jim. You like that one. I like that. Was all right. That lad. That was good. Um, yeah, I, for me. I think Liverpool probably need to, to bring in a midfielder, but not probably. They do need to bring in a midfielder. I, I've said this on, on, on other podcasts. I think it's been exasperated by the fact that Thiago's got injured and he's a specific type of midfielder. Um, and, and I think he's very, very difficult for Liverpool to replace. I think once all bodies are back, you can look at it and say, OK, you've ultimately got, I think it's like seven or eight players fighting for three positions, but there's only certain players with specific profiles. So if Thiago's out that team, you're looking at it going, OK, who've we got to, to, to fill and be the creator? We haven't really got one. I've said it to Tank before we come on air and I don't mind saying it. I've been, and you know this, Jim, the biggest Jordan Henderson fan over the years. I think he looks leggy. I think it's caught up with him. Um, I think he finds it difficult to play in the more advanced role and ask him to be a, a box-to-box midfielder. And, you know, he's had to go to the well a lot for Liverpool. He's got a lot of miles in the legs. It's the same with James Milner, although he's winning all these fitness um, tests. It's it's you've got to see in all its glory at Old Trafford on a big pitch how difficult it is for those lads to play at the top level and maintain the standards that Liverpool need. So I think Liverpool need freshening up. I'm absolutely against stop gaps. You mentioned the perfect example before, Jim, with Ben Davies, for example, coming in. Uh, Kabak was another one. If we can't do the right deal, I, I would be more inclined to say don't do anything. But I still think there is wider questions around it seems like there's this narrative wheeled out summer after summer of next summer is the big one for Liverpool. Next summer is the big one. And I just think that Klopp needs some help. And midfield seems to be that next area in Liverpool's team that it needs developing. And and if we don't get something done, we're we're ultimately going to be leaving ourselves with a lot of work to be uh, doing next summer when we ultimately need to be replacing maybe two, three, three of the midfielders. See, for me, Jamie, it's like, I know what Jimmy was saying about Richarlison coming in for competition for Kane and Son, but this is a totally different scenario with Liverpool. Liverpool need two you players need for, no, for me to come in and be that that player, not be someone who's going to come in and say, look, we'll be, I want to be a squad player. No, I think we need to go out and sign two players. You are our midfield. You, you are the midfield. And it's yeah. up to them now to get you out. I mean, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head. Liverpool's midfield, James Milner is brilliant. He's, he's had an unbelievable career. Um, you know, you can't have a bad word said about the lad. He should not be starting for Liverpool in centre midfield. I'm sorry, but he shouldn't. You know, if you want to be cutthroat, you could say the same about Hendo. You know, 
he can't play that. You said before, he could play the Fabinho role. He can't play out the side. He hasn't got the legs. And I don't think he's got that sheer quality to cut teams open like Thiago has. He's mm. definitely so, shouting, though. We, yeah, hey, don't no, you start, you. He's a leader. He is a leader. But we, for me, Liverpool, if we don't sign someone this window, mate, and I'll put my name to we won't make Champions League football. If the I, injuries I, don't lighten up. Get that written down. I have, mate. Don't worry. I've, I've got it clipped. It'll be going out tomorrow. Now, what, what it was, I think a lot of the teams competing for top four would still swap with Liverpool. And I think that's it. They would they would want to be in Liverpool's situation. And whilst I think it's all it's one of them in it when the neighbor gets a new fence or they get the garden done, you're looking over going, Oh, maybe we should get ours. Done. It's it. I think Liverpool still have a lot within their current setup that a lot of teams would be envious of. So I, I certainly wouldn't be writing off top four. I actually think if Liverpool didn't sign a midfielder, as long as we get people back pretty quick, which I think they are, I actually think Liverpool will still come second in the league. I think all talk of challenging City would disappear quite quickly. Can I, can I throw I one at you then, where I'm at. Can I throw one at you? Yeah. You've got, we've got Newcastle at home. Yeah. On Wednesday, is it? Just come closer to the mic there, Tank. Sorry, we've got Newcastle home on Wednesday. I yeah. think we'll drop points against them. I think we'll drop points. So if we drop points against them going with that midfield and Arsenal win, we are 10 points behind Arsenal after five games. Uh, so so right, that, that's a lot. I just think... I think it's the. T- I think do you know what, don't you? The problem is for me looking at this Newcastle is Newcastle are set up perfectly. Liverpool are a dream for Newcastle. I think so. I know what you mean. I've actually been impressed with Newcastle. I think they've got a. I've said about Kieran Trippier. I think they've got got a little bit of everything about them. Uh, the big thing that will help Liverpool this week is um, Saint Maximum and who's the? Uh, I can't say his name. The centre mid Gu- uh, Guatemaras yeah uh, 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 yeah he's uh, he's injured they're both injured so it looks like they won't play so that that plays into Liverpool's hands that's um, different if he doesn't play because I'm just more concerned if he's you're you thinking know, the counter you're getting sitting yeah. in if you've got that Sir Maximilian yeah. there with Trent Bomber Sir Maximilian that's the best one yet it's been a while it's been a while that might be the best one ever that to be honest I just think if he's fit mate he tears us a new arsehole with Trent yeah. bombing on and we've got him and with Gomez one-on-one it's I'm feeling the worst I'm being honest with you I've got a similar feel on what he had against Manchester United and we forgot to mention that I was right about that I'm going to solely blame you I, I get that mad with things like this because I feel like you're like imagining these things into <laughs> existence just tell <laughs> me Liverpool are going to win all the games will you? No <laughs> uh, Jim I want to come to you on Arsenal because Arsenal so interesting one with Arsenal I am a bit of a secret Arsenal fan, I think, now, after watching All or Nothing. Uh, I actually think, to be fair, that um, Arteta's doing a great job. I think they have recruited well. I think he's brought a feel-good factor about the team. Uh, I think that they've had handy fixtures. I absolutely do think that they've had handy fixtures. But the one thing I took from the Fulham game is maybe they've got a little bit of steel about them, as in... They came through adversity and a lot of these top teams, the cities and Liverpool's over and United's over the years, we always say they find a way to win when they're not quite at it. What have you made of of this Arsenal team? I've seen, what I've seen is I've seen two 
amazing players come in. I said Zinchenko as a player before, and Jesus will fit well into that Arsenal team. But I think they're getting the most out of Martin Odegaard as well, who... Um, Much quality, doesn't oh, mate, he? Just, should, you just. know, it's a shame he didn't get his, uh, his opportunity at, um, at Madrid, but it's Madrid's losses, Arsenal's gain. So he's I got think, the, a bit of the Ozils about him, hasn't he? Mate, he's, but he's, he's... Yeah, but he's actually got a bit of effort in him. I think he's making great, him yeah. captain is an absolute... Um, it's a wonder move because what you do when you've got a player like that, when you make them captain, is I, I've had this myself, is players who could sort of drift in and out of games, once they're captain, they feel like they can't do that. They feel like they have to give 100% every game. Whereas before, he may have drifted in and out and, and played when he can play. <laughs> I've just noticed your you name on the screen. You pre- <laughs> I knew he was up to something before, right? Because the, the screen changed in front of him. So for anyone listening and not watching, Jimmy just changed his name on the screen to St. Maximilian. I knew you were up to something. <laughs> you know what you mean, mate? It's no idea. But once you get, you get a song out of Odegaard, he gets a song out of everyone else. So if he's pulling the strings, and I think they shored up the defence, haven't they, with Ramsdale, Ben White's playing well, and, and with Gabriel as well. So I think they built on a steady foundation. I think what will happen, I think they'll tail away again, to be honest with you. I think they'll start really strong and, and, and go through the season. But I just think their squad depth isn't as good as it, as it should be and, and, and can be for a, a top four Premier League side. I hope they do. I like Arsenal. I like the way they play and I like Arteta. I just and my worry would be the size of the you know, Jesus gets injured, Odegaard gets injured, or something along them lines, and then I think they'll struggle. Tank, I want to come to you that on on something that has happened off the back of this, and this is about our mate Richard Keys. But I don't know if you've seen it, right? Yeah. The fella is an absolute helmet. Yeah. So basically, he's come out over the weekend. Arsenal are celebrating a two-one last uh, last ditch winner against Fulham. Um, and he's basically started coming out saying things along the lines of they over-celebrated a 2-1 win versus Fulham. Um, how far has this team fallen if this is how they're going to celebrate these type of uh, type of wins against low-league opposition? Like, Forgive me, right? But I thought my interpretation of football or how I view football is football is about emotion. If you're not being emotional and having these moments of release you know we've all got shit going on in our lives and nine to fives and football is about escapism for a lot of football fans you know so to have something where maybe they felt the pressure the fans they thought oh, we shouldn't be dropping points against Fulham they're frustrated and all of a sudden boom last minute winner or that best part of a last minute winner that's the moment you should be celebrating as a football fan I don't know what this dinosaur he's just you know what he is he's a big bitter negative old man who's dead yeah. mad at the world and he just seems to be taking needless pops to stay relevant. What he is, mate, he's just a big, hairy-handed strap-on. <laughs> That's what he is. And he's Allegedly. just a, fu- he's a, he's a fucking clown, to be honest with you. So, on a serious note, like, why would you not celebrate that? Yeah. Arsenal, have, you know, there's been, probably been under a lot of pressure all summer because they've spent big money and the top of the league and that goal secured that top of the league status. No matter how far the season's gone, you should be celebrating like a fucking lunatic. It's a last minute goal. That's what football is, isn't it? That's what sport don't is. Forget, don't forget it's a derby as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a London derby as well. And it's like, listen, Fulham played well. I watched that game. Fulham, Fulham are a handful. They are. Yeah, they are. You know, you, you're looking at that. <laughs> Liverpool done well to get a point away from their, their place. But I just don't get as, I don't get like, 
look, he's got to stay relevant, and he demands a fucking it, idiot. That he's just got to. He wants to see his name still bowed to the boat. But what, what is this? It is. It does Piers feel Morgan like that, doesn't it? Isn't it? Say stuff to piss people off. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, like this this idea of the celebration, please. I don't know. He, he tried to do it with Forrest, didn't he? Um, after they won against West Ham, and he's yeah. like, Oh, you know, enjoy it, this yeah, enjoy it time. while it lasts. Yeah. I just, I've just got no time for needless negativity. So, uh, yeah, Richard Keys, you are our dick of the week. Not that we do yeah. dick of the weeks, but we you do now. We are now, we are he, now, we are now. He needs yeah. kidnapping and shaving, full body shaved. <laughs> But you'd be there for weeks. <laughs> Get my lawnmower and sit on yeah. track. <laughs> Tanks facts from on top of Richard Keyes next week. Well, that's a video I don't want to see. Oh, no. I'll send that on WhatsApp. Uh, Jim, I want to come to you on Manchester United because there's obviously the, the, the win for them at the weekend, but there's a story obviously breaking now that they've gone and splashed a hell of a lot of cash on Anthony from Ajax, 100 million best part of. Now, look, euros, I'm sure... 100 million euros. Yeah, 100 million euros. And and look, I'm going to be consistent because it was the same with the Nunes deal. There is different uh, stipulations involved and upfront payments. So I'm not trying to, to make it seem better or worse. I'm just talking about what's been reported. So best part of 100 million euros. Um, it seems pricey, um, like with all transfers at the moment. You know, a, a lot of them do seem on the on the heavier end. Do you think a he's worth the money? Do you think this is a type of player that they need? And I suppose, what does this do for a lot of the Glazer out uh, brigade? You know, United I think have spent best part of two hundred and twenty six million in this summer. I mean, there's there's a few points to that question. I mean, in terms of the player, I think he's quality. I really do. And I think if if you're looking for a Neymar esque player who's going to Bold you know that, Jimmy what it's bold that Neymar no I'm just saying he's got the same attributes Jimmy just said that he's better than Neymar there you see that <laughs> 228 million my point is is sometimes you've got to take a gamble if that's what Ajax are want for the player then that's what Ajax want for the Man United are willing to pay for the player then that's what they're willing to pay I think he could be a great addition I think he's got that Cristiano, that young Cristiano Ronaldo rawness about him. And I think if they can get him to be in that same mindset, I think you could have a, you know, a player on your hands that would be there. You know, he's in the Brazil squad as a winger. And don't forget, Brazil have got an abundance of wingers. Um, and, he's, and he's playing in there with Neymar. Um, so I think, you know, I think he could be a great player. And I'm excited to see him in the Premier League, actually, because not very often you get these young, you know, like... When Saint Saint Maximilian came, you know, he's doing all, <laughs> about eighty-five step overs. Like, that's what I want to see, and I think it excites fans. And and now he's getting a bit more end product, which is what Ronaldo did the first couple of years, and then he he he, he pressed on and got and got the end product. So I think Jimmy if, just if, compared him to Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Neymar. <laughs> everyone, Saint, Max, Saint Maximilian. <laughs> all I'm saying is that. Um, when you're looking at attributes, he's got he's got them. And if you look at him, when you if you look at any videos of him, he's he's just a skillful lad who loves taking players on. So if I'm Ronaldo or whoever's playing up front, Rashford, um, I just and you're seeing him one, they'll get a load of free kicks, and two, they'll you know they'll get balls into the into the box and and, and play them chop back. So I think it's a good move. I, yeah, it might be pricey, uh, and you've got to take a gamble on that. But you, you I guess. You, Ten Hag knows a player and he knows his mentality. It's not like you're trying to sign someone and you don't know that who that player is. So, you know, 
I think it'll be a good move for, for United. And and the Glazers out, look, I understand the what people looking at it going, oh, United are spending money and Glazers out. But the Glazers have taken a billion quid out of that business. Now, people pay themselves, I get that. That's 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 their prerogative. But as a football fan, imagine what Man United would be like if they didn't have that billion pound being taken out. And there's a fact that, um, I think someone mentioned it on, on Twitter, that you can't buy a club how the Glazers bought it anymore. So there's obviously it's something wrong with it. Mm. So do you do you feel tank, I suppose, when you're listening to what, what Jimmy said there, do you feel like maybe the Manchester United fans, you know, this will appease them in some way, or do you think that the problems are, are bigger than just transfers? No, I just I mean I just think they're a they're a spoiled fan base. I do, you know, I understand what they're saying that the Glazers took money out, but if you've got a, a business what's making as much money as Man United and you own it. What, what, what are you going to do? Not take any money out. It's your business. It's your company. So why shouldn't he take that out? Man United are in... I go back to the Simon Jordan thing and he said Man United are valued at £5 billion and they've got a debt of £500 million. It's 10% of what the actual company's worth. So if they come to sell Man United for £5 billion, they walk away with £4.5 billion profit and just pay the £500 billion. You know, it's... They're not debt rid. They're not in like a financial turmoil. And every manager who goes into that club gets exactly what the fuck they want. You know, 226 million he spent this summer now. Now, for me, he should be winning the league. If you're going in and you're spending now, with the squad what you've got, you should be winning the league. He should be under massive, massive pressure. And going on to Anthony, fucking hell. I mean, come <laughs> on. You, is, is this a fucking piss take? You've got a lad who's had a season in... The equivalent of League Two over here. So I think he scored 18 goals. And the actual, I seen a tweet before, the actual outlay for this lad is 260 million with his six year wages contract. Included. Wages included and the fee. <laughs> what what's up with Jordan Sancho? Why don't you just coach him and get him? Jordan Sancho. Jaden's brother, is it? Why don't you just go and get him? Who was I mean, let's get it right. Twelve months ago, if you got offered this Anthony or Sancho, you wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even take a second glance at him. You wouldn't even look at him. You'd be saying, "Nah, you're all right. No, thank you." You know, it's all right seeing flicks and everything against Grogan on a Saturday in fucking the, in the Dutch league. This is the Premier League. It's a different league, and I just think it's the most unneeded but most Man United signing ever. That was the thing I was going to come to you on, Jim. Is do they actually need him? If you like, you say there about Sancho, for example, you, you, Rashford looks like well, he always is against Liverpool. He's very good against Liverpool. Always seems to do well. But he, he, you know, he's looking a lot brighter. Is this someone that they actually need because they have a similar type profile of player that they brought in for big money in in Sancho? Yeah, I mean, we've just talked around squad freshness and, and, and squad rotation, so. Obviously, we all know Ronaldo's going to be off by the by the end of the season when his contract's up. So, you know, they've they've brought in a Langer, who's a great young player. But you know, you, like Liverpool, you need a rotation of them front three. So, it's, I think that Anthony will get hopefully get Jordan Sancho firing um, because at the minute he's not, and he's and he's nowhere near where he should be. So, you know. Uh, as Ten Hag seen that and gone, I can't motivate that player because he, he he is is unmotivatable. I have no idea. Um, but I think having a player like Anthony in that squad lifts levels. Gives, lifts levels gives because he just loves going forward. 
And this is the thing about wingers, and it's it's similar to Mo Salah. He goes forward. So what that does is drives that team forward with the with the rest of them. At the minute, you've got Sancho, Rashford and Alanga who are struggling. They're, they're, they're low on confidence. They've got no main striker that you know they're they're fudging they're fudging around so he's, he must have a plan and you know we we sat here weeks ago slagging off this martinez and he's been absolutely awesome the last two games um so you know it, it, time will tell won't it tank we were to be fair we were having a chat just before we start the podcast about i suppose the the dying art of of players that are, are looking to commit defenders and, and run at people and i suppose you know if you do find those type of creators they're probably going to go for that bigger price tag because you know it, it's all well and good having maybe midfielders or defenders who are you know just do their jobs they're solid whereas you want those players to get you off the edge of your seat, create those moments of magic in, you know, when a game's tight or they're surrounded by three or four players. And, and perhaps this Anthony is, is going to be that type of maverick player for Manchester United. I don't, I'm not too sure. Just for me, sometimes you've got to look at, you know, the Man Cities and the Liverpools of, of the, the last five years with the transfer activity, you've got to bang on. Now, when a player becomes too expensive, you have to you have to walk away. You have to. And this, for me, is just one of them where you just go, you wanted £45 million for them three months ago, and now it's £100 million. It's £85 million guaranteed up front. There's got to be a stage where you go, you know what, I'm going to walk away from that. And talking about transfers, where's the kid who designed from Atlanta for £40 million? Isn't that meant to be the next biggest superstar, you know, the up-and-coming superstar of... Of world football, where's he gone? They signed him last summer. Who's that? They, the boy from Atlanta. What was his name? Oh, I can't think of his name now. The black boy, the wide right, who everybody was raving about. And Man United went out and paid 40 million for him. And like, this just this sums it up like three football people don't even know his name, but they spent a fortune on him. So I'm I'm looking at Ten Hag and saying, if you're this great coach, coach these players and get them better. Get Sancho, make him into the player he was at Bruce Dortmund. Don't go and sign a hundred million player because you know him and you've worked with him at Ajax. Yeah, but it's certainly interesting to see how it pans out. I, I wouldn't say now. I, I think look, title challenges for United. It's all about building blocks. They've spent money, but so has everybody else. I think it's a big ask for them to be to be challenging for for the title. I think if Man United can get in top four, they'd rip your hand off. Uh, I think there's I think there's good teams competing for for that slot, and if they can get anywhere near it, I think it's I think it's a definite improvement. Um, I, I I took a lot from them probably beating Southampton in this. They're the type of games where maybe they have more of the ball and they're expected to to be more of an expansive side. They're the results I would look into more rather than the likes of a Liverpool where I think they had roughly 30% of the possession and they were able to hit us on the counter. It's what can they do against the teams where they dominate the ball and that's definitely where, what I would say Ten Hag has been brought in to, to address. Lads, I want to I wanna touch on one final game before we get to our last question of the podcast, right? And that is um, the Manchester City game. Now, I'm taking my Liverpool glasses off and I'm going to just ask a couple You're of right questions. Now, mate. Can, yeah, can you see no, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to take a couple, uh, uh, take my glasses off and ask a couple of questions that I'm going to try and not load in any way, shape or form. And Jim, I'm going to come to you first. Um, did you notice any questionable decisions during that Manchester City game that me as a Liverpool fan would not pay extra attention to? And uh, one being the Haaland high boot. And I'm not giving my opinion. And then the second, 
you, you missed that one. And then uh, the uh, the goalkeeper rolling the ball out, Edison rolling the ball out into the foot of the Crystal Palace player who then went on to score. What did you make of it? Because it's obviously caused a bit of a stare online. I have my own opinions, which I'll give in a minute, but I, I just wanted to get your stare on it. Um, I, I genuinely didn't see the Haaland high boot, and and, and um, I don't I, I don't know what the controversy is around the what the the rolling it out and the score was it disallowed or was it? It was disallowed. Yeah, it was what, disallowed. The, the goal was disallowed. Are you yeah. talking like the, the old Champions League when Carius uh, rolled it into into? It was very uh, similar. It yeah. was very similar. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I'm, I'm I must have missed that because I didn't I didn't I genuinely didn't see. I was um what what when did they play Saturday? Yeah, yeah we, um, Archie had a game, so I was there. Um, but yeah, look, eh, from a Liverpool point of view, you, you, you're loading it to say that Man City are getting all the. Oh, I'm totally loading it. Yeah, I was just trying to see if you could and, give us some I before, I, before I go look, to Tank yeah. and he, he starts smashing his computer. I'm up. sure he will, but I think you know, them's the breaks, aren't they? Sometimes you, the, the waves go the way you want them to go, and sometimes they don't. Um, I, I don't think there's any conspiracy theories that Man City are getting all the decisions. What I would be worried about is the fact that Man City were 2-0 down and come back to win, um, you know, so convincingly. That's, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be worried about any decisions. I'd be worried about how easily City came back and absolutely decimated Crystal Palace when not playing very well. Um, I thought they were poor first half when I saw the score. Um and I was I was worried because I captained Haaland in the in the fantasy, um, and I think that second half just clicked. Give Haaland the ball, and he scores. Foden is taking shots rather than passing to Haaland, trying to score, putting balls in, and how he was on on in that second half, I I would be very worried. And no, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory against every other team from Man City. So take them glasses off. <laughs> Tank, a couple of things that Jimmy mentioned there. A, the conspiracy theory. I don't think there's a conspiracy theory. I actually didn't think much on the Haaland. Uh, I didn't think that was a red card personally. Um, I could understand why with similar incidents in the past it would raise questions. But look, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see a player sent off for that. I think there's genuine questions around the, the, the goal, but I, I, I'd love to get your thoughts. And and, and on the, the Haaland thing, actually, uh, it was, I think it was actually Rodri who came out today and said that is. Haaland's natural talent is getting making him impact games at the moment, but they want him and need him to be involved in the game more, which I thought was was quite interesting to hear Rodri come out and say that. A, what did you make of the decisions, Tank? And, and I suppose, have you been impressed with, with Haaland and what he's bringing to this City side? I don't think it's a conspiracy with City. I just think it's the standard of the referees in the Premier League needs, needs to be lifted because me personally, I think it's a red card. Mane you got sent. The one, yeah? I think it's a red card, yeah. Uh, his foot's extremely high. It's caught the lad at the side of the face and the head. And it's a red card. You know, Mane got sent off there a couple of seasons back for a similar height. Um, and I just think it's not nothing to do with conspiracy. I just think that the, the standards of efficiency in our league is absolutely shocking. I really do. Which I don't think we've got anyone going to the World Cup, have we? Which that, that, tell, that tells you the tone story. So, and I get what Jimmy's saying about, you know, the come out and the obliterated Palace, but they shouldn't have been given the opportunity to because the it was three, they should have been 3 0 down. The keeper's just rolled it out. It's hit the lad. The lad's not done anything and it's rolled in and it's 3 0. And then Harlan gets sent off. You're 3 0 down and you're 10 men. And I don't think they come back from that. 
So I just think the officiating is, is, is cost Palace. If I was a Palace fan, I'd be fucking fuming over them. I think you make a good point about the the inconsistencies because it, <clears throat> I've certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, I've certainly noticed it around the the offsides. <clears throat> Um, I think th there's been certain instances where I think the directive has changed this season where they want to give a little bit more leeway to the attacker, which I am absolutely all for. But I've seen about four or five examples across different teams this season where they haven't been afforded the same leeway. So it's like only some of the refs are applying the new rule and some of them aren't. And I think that's all any football fan wants is is, is consistency, uh, which we, we, de we definitely don't seem to be getting. Lads, I want to finish by talking about something that came in from our listener, Lee Hughes-Yozet. Um, and we we touched on it a little bit today on the social media. I think he's a friend of yours, isn't he, Jim? He is, yeah. He's a good lad. Um, now, he wants to know well, he actually said, uh, brilliant podcast again. Missing you, though, Jim. So uh, good to have you back, Jim. Um, but yeah, they, what he wants to know is, what are the best boots you've ever worn and what are the most outrageous ones you've ever worn? Uh, and I'll come to you first, Jim, before going to Tank. Yeah, so the best boots I ever wore were the ones that you put on the Predator accelerators. And I bought them in high school. Uh, I made my mum go out and buy them. And they were really expensive at the time. I think it was one of the first boots over 100 quid. I went into school. I played for Stoke at the time. Telling everyone I was sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, I got Adidas sent me these. I'm uh, sponsored by them now. And uh, so they're the best. But I've had some, I've had some very outlandish ones. I had... Um, I got into um, some gold mercurials, you know, like the Ronaldo ones. Um, mm. but I got my name put on the side. Jimmy might cost like 250 quid. And this is back. Nike, Nike do that for you, did they? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Ordered off the website, sponsored by Nike. Now, like, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, gold playing in some dog and duck league with uh, with my name on the side um, was uh, was probably not my wisest move. And um, the hairband in the pictures. No, they, no, that yeah, well, that's then different boots. But I don't, I'm not quite sure whether I wore plus bleach blonde hair. Um, it's probably, uh, it's probably a, a a trio of things going against me. Anything in the name of fashion, Jim? Yeah, mate, I follow any trend. Crocs, <laughs> airbands. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm a big, I'm a big bandwagon jumper on her. <laughs> what about you, Tank? No extravagance from me, mate. I think the most extravagant. Yeah, I don't, ones... I don't have you as a coloured boot, man. No. And, oh, by the way, the golds for uh, the orange mic is for the uh, for the for tribute to the gold boots. Okay. Even though okay. it's a different colour. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a gold. <laughs> no, my my favourite ones are the Mizuno wore for years. They were battered, and I kept getting them repaired. And I can't give you the extravagant one, mate. That the them Mike Tiempo's what I found before are probably the most extravagant of all. How did it them? work with, with, with sponsors, Tank? Because did you have sponsorships over the years and how did they come about? I had spon I was sponsored with Mizuno for two years and they brought the, the first year I had them Mizuno boots and then they brought a new pair out the next season and I just they, they weren't the same. They, they were unbelievable. And actually that's why I kept wearing them over the two year period. And they just send you a load of shit. I think you used to get about 10 grand a season off Mizuno. Um and then just all like free stuff, you know, trackies, trainers. Every every sport equipment, what you wanted, so that mm. was it really. Only a shitty sponsor. Don't get me wrong, I'm not when what the boys are getting now. Yeah, yeah. I think mine. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, so I put up the accelerators today. They were definitely my favourite. Um, 
And I was a sucker for the Predators back in the day because oh, yeah. the, you remember they give you the whole story around Craig Johnson and putting yeah. the ping pong uh, leather on the top of the boot and I'd be out the back with me, me boots on whipping balls saying, look how much spin I can get on it. Like, <laughs> you know, hook, hook, line and sinker. But yeah, they, I used to buy all the Predators over the years. I've always been an Adidas guy. Uh, the accelerators were definitely my favourites. Outlandish ones. So anyone that's ever played with me, Jimmy, you absolutely included in this. I am the least coloured boot wearing player as in my ability does not go in with uh wearing colored boots and i did try were you playing with me that season when i went white white, i went white white. yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. white boots yeah and like awful shout from you yeah they were terrible yeah and i've come in and i got them out the dressing room and like lads were like what what are you doing wearing them but not also that though (laughs) jamie uh used to wear white socks because he said it made his feet look faster <laughs> that is true, though. You know, like Michael Jackson used to do that with his pants, didn't he? That's why he used no, to he wear the high pants. So people could see his feet, not because they look faster. Yeah, but they made his moves look faster. The nah, white nah, nah, sock nah, nah, and nah. the black he, boots. He wore like... them so people could see his feet dancing because they were that because they were that fast. Anyway, you well, that's what I was doing on the pitch. No, no, no. You <laughs> thought that they made your feet look faster. So you're like running on a treadmill, but your feet look dead fast. <laughs> yeah, so they, they didn't last the white boots. And then I also, I think I've got Deodora Bombers, yellow Deodora Bombers, but they actually never made it out in public. I just, I wore them to the school field to knock the ball around. It's like, I can't, I can't do these. So they never made it to the dressing room. But uh, yeah, for anyone that's, um, yeah, seeing the, the pictures that we put up on social, send any pictures of your favourite boots in good and bad because we've all had some shockers over the years so we'd uh yeah we'd like to see them come in uh lads before we wrap up what have you got on for the week you got much on nothing mate no she's just ordering the skips for getting delivered tomorrow so that's my week fucked oh what's that you're, you're gutting just, the place are you she should know what she's just throwing the load she buys shit and then we throw the other shit which she bought away for the new shit to replace the shit she's throwing <laughs> away in the skip you got a week week with the shit then, basically. Oh, a week of shit. Yeah. Excellent. Jim, what about you, mate? The lad's got some new footy boots coming tomorrow, mate. I'm more excited for them to come than he is. They look well smart and well jealous. What did you get him? Some nice yellow with like orange stripes. <laughs> proper oh, funky like, like they're out there. You know wow. when you pick kids' boots though now? It's actually the reverse of what we had. So when you'd go, you'd be like, you'd be basically looking at it going, you know, there's, there's literally black. no coloured yeah, boots. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now there's literally no, no black. black boots. No, yeah. no. Scandals, so he, he chose them, he's got them coming. So, and then he's, uh, he's going to give them a rip out in the, in the, in the green. So no doubt I'll be in goal getting balls pinged at me. Pinged at you. Yeah. The perks of being a dad. Right. Uh, lads, we went over the hour. So uh, yeah, it's been a while since we caught up. I know Tank's starving. So uh, he said before we started this with you lads already up, I've got me dinner to eat. So apologies for that Tank. Uh, right. For everybody that's been listening, uh, supporting the podcast, uh, sending in your messages of support, we massively appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind doing us one quick favour, either subscribe to the youtube channel and check us out on there if you haven't already or leave us a review on the podcast if you listen on audio if you could send it on to any of your mates as well if you think that they'll enjoy it and um, as we always say it is actually fantastic to see the numbers growing each week so without you supporting and spreading the word that wouldn't be able to happen so uh, yeah if you could do that for us that would be fantastic but more importantly we hope you enjoy the rest of your week look after yourselves and we will be back with you again next week on the boot room podcast all the best Cheers, lads. Cheers, boys.